Welcome to the Podglomerate. For everything that you were too afraid to ask at home, too embarrassed to ask at school, or was just too hard to ask your partner, welcome to the Sex Wrap. Hi, everybody, and welcome back to the Sex Wrap. You're here with your favorite host, me, Spring, and of course, Andrew. Hey, everybody. And, oh, hi, Andrew. And <laughs> we are so excited to keep answering all of your questions about love, sex, relationships, dating, anything related to any of those topics, and of course, sexually transmitted infections. Yes, sexually transmitted infections. We do get a lot of questions about them. Um, and we talked about HPV a couple times. We had an episode that I wasn't on. We had a guest speaker to talk to you about HIV. Um, and today we're going to be talking about herpes. 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 Um, but before we get there, can I tell you a story? Something that's going on that's pretty funny. I love it when you tell me a story. It's not really all that herpes related, except it kind of is. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> I have a nephew that is in military basic training, um, and I love to write letters and I love to send mail, and I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna send them a whole bunch of letters, and then as I'm writing these letters, I realize I'm a thoroughly inappropriate person, that the things that I talk about, the rest of the world stigmatizes. Like, I have no problem talking about sex or drugs or alcohol or religion or politics. I love to talk about all of those things. Um, so I write these letters and then I redact all of those portions because um, I realize that somebody might read them and I don't want him to be embarrassed by my lack of embarrassment. I'm not really embarrassed by anything. but. Um, so in these letters, I actually include little parts like, and if you are reading this letter and you are not my nephew, uh, I hope you enjoy, and then I write a little story for them inside of the letter. So it's like I write a letter with a story inside of the letter for the person who might be reading it, but I have to make sure I write them in a way where I don't embarrass the person, um, my nephew, because I don't want him ever to be embarrassed by it. He's, he's used to me face to face. He's used to my kind of absurd ridiculousness, but I don't know if their drill sergeant would take as kindly <laughs> to it. So uh, it's been really funny. And they've written back multiple times saying that they really appreciate it and think it's really funny and that other people think that it's pretty funny too. Um, and some of them are excited to meet me. I'm excited to meet them too. Um, but that embarrassment thing is what really, like when we, we started talking about like the herpes, um, started talking about the herpes. When we started talking about <laughs> herpes, embarrassment is really what comes to mind. Um, so, so Spring, what is our actual question for the day? I mean, I think we just want to talk about herpes. Like, let's talk about herpes. Let's talk right? about, because we do get questions about STDs all of the time. And I mean, I'm sure in our personal lives, I, many students, many people have come to me and talked to me about like, oh no, I think I have this, or I've been diagnosed with herpes. Like, what do I do? And this episode is going to be or the. My the partner has herpes, what do I do? Or I'm afraid of getting herpes, what do I do? Does everyone really have herpes? Yeah, so many variations of this question. <laughs> And I, I think before we can really get into it, we sort of have to talk about herpes as in there's two different strains. There's HSV-1, which is herpes simplex, simplex virus 1, and there's HSV-2, which is herpes simplex virus 2. Um, overall, the symptoms of them are pretty much the same, but HSV-1 is usually mouth herpes, and HSV-2 is usually genital herpes. So but, you can get one infection in the other place as well. Right. It's like 90% of genital herpes are two, and 90% of oral herpes are one, which means that 10% of each of the other 
Right. right. So 10% of oral herpes are HSV2. But you can't really tell the difference. If you have uh, oral herpes or genital herpes in, on your mouth or on your genitals, it all feels pretty much the same. Yeah. It's the same so it's not, it's not so important which type of herpes it is. And the transmission is the same. All right. So how is herpes transmitted? Herpes is transmitted through contact, right? So that means that if an infected area is coming in contact with your body, so we're thinking about places that uh, we're most susceptible to risk, and that would be in any of our mucous membranes. So the tip of the penis, the vulva, the anus, um, and the mouth, all of these areas are mucous membranes, so they are susceptible. And so when these areas are coming in contact with um, an infected area, and it's just rubbing even, just kind of rubbing against each other, that is how herpes can be transmitted. And it's also important to say that herpes can be transmitted even when there are no sores, when everything looks perfectly healthy and normal. Like herpes can be transmitted, it's called shedding, but right. So, so right, and the people are actually the most contagious right before they have a herpes outbreak. So herpes is an infection that is going to come and go, and you'll have outbreaks of it here and there. And when you have an outbreak, um, you're contagious, but you're most contagious right before the outbreak. And so you can't rely on just looking at somebody to know whether they have herpes or not. That's one of those big things with all of the STDs where someone says they look clean or everything looked fine. We can't see viruses and bacteria with our eyes most of the time. So looking is not good enough. Um, and, And condoms help somewhat and female condoms help more right so we haven't talked about female condoms much on the show we're gonna have a whole episode dedicated at some point um so condoms help but because a lot of the uh infections from hsv herpes is go from skin to skin it's not always perfect um and we see things like uh, people who shave off all of their pubic hair people who have really rough sex anything that causes like abrasion you know if your skin is a little rough or raw because you've been making out with someone with your face for hours um makes it more likely because then there's little cracks in your skin and it makes it more likely that the hsv herpes virus is going to get in um and you know, if we look globally for herpes one, like everywhere in the world, it's something like ninety percent of people have been exposed to HSV one. Like this is every country. Like looking at the whole world, no matter where we go, it's almost ubiquitous. That's one of my favorite words. It means it's like it's everywhere, and almost everybody has been exposed to it at some point in their life, right? If ninety percent, go ahead. Yeah. So. Yeah, so we'll talk more about um, kind of how to prevent it also. We were talking about transmission and talking about just why condoms help, but why they're not fully protective. And I just want to expand on that a little more so it's really clear. So if you are using a condom, it's protecting, if you're using a male condom, it's protecting most of the shaft of the penis, but there are still areas that are not covered by the condom, right? And if you're using a female condom, the reason that that's a little more protective is because it's also protecting some of the outside area um, on wherever it's being used, either around the anus or around the vulva area. So it gives you slightly more protection. And so when we're thinking about things that are spread through the skin-to-skin contact, the more area of skin that's covered, then the more protection that you're going to have. 
Yeah, exactly. So you're covering yourself, but you're a little bit more protected. Um, I also think it's really important for us. So we've talked about HSV or HPV. Um, HPV is highly linked to lots of kinds of cancer. We've talked about HIV, which is uh, linked to uh, long-term issues with the immune system, and it can potentially lead to death. Though it's pretty easily, it's easier to treat today than it was, you know, ten or twenty years ago. But herpes is in a totally different class, right? I think it's really important for us to say, um, overall, ninety percent of people are exposed to herpes over their life. In the United States, it's one out of every five or six people actually have genital herpes. It's about two thirds of people in the United States have oral herpes. And the big health concern from all of this is what? Stigma. Stigma, that's it. Uh, so we just mentioned the last- The worst thing that's gonna happen to you if you have herpes is, is some idiot is gonna be mean to you. <laughs> people are gonna and you're gonna but you know that person who's making fun of you we just read those statistics they probably if they don't have genital herpes they probably have oral if they don't have oral they probably have genital <laughs> I'm like dude look in the mirror why are you making fun of people what this is that remember last week we were talking about um uh the, the boy, boyfriend and makeup and little mm. red dots all over the body mm, herpes is just another one of those little red dots that are all over people's bodies. Huge numbers of people have them. Um, a lot of our listeners probably got it from their auntie who gave them a big sloppy kiss when they were <laughs> a baby and she had uh, an oral herpes. People call them fever blisters, cold sores. Um, those are all oral herpes, right? Probably give you a big smacker on your face when you were a baby because you were so cute. Cute little thing. She loved you so much she gave you herpes. <laughs> ways to get herpes, right? Uh, through, uh, through the mouth, through the genital area. So um, let's talk a little bit about, a little bit more about stigma and what we can do about that, since we know that's the main problem if you have herpes. Um, and I think that it's, it's not just a little bit of a problem, it's a very big problem. And I've had a lot of um, people that I know in my life when they find out that they have herpes, they'll come to me because they know that um, I like to talk about sex. <laughs> they'll come to me and they'll they'll be in tears. They'll be so upset. They'll think they can never have sex again. They're so worried about how they're going to continue to live their life now that they know that they have herpes. They probably actually had it for a while, but now that they actually know that they have it, like how can they go on? Um, and it's heartbreaking to feel this, uh, to feel empathy, to feel like what people are feeling when uh, a diagnosis like this happens. And it's because of all of the stigma that exists around any sexually transmitted infection or disease, but um, specifically around herpes. And so we can talk to people about, first of all, how common it is, which we've just talked about now. Um, that's part of normalizing. That's how we start to get rid of stigma is normalizing things in our society. Um, but then also talking about uh, how you can be really safe and how you can uh, help prevent outbreaks and how you can prevent uh, spreading herpes as well. 
I think that's really the direction we have to go to. So yes, there's stigma involved, but we are starting, Spring and I today are starting that conversation saying, you know what, uh, it's out there, people have it. There aren't really very any, very many negative health consequences for it. Um, and I, something that I kind of like about herpes is that maybe it will get people talking about their sexual histories, getting people talking about using a condom, talking about why it's important to use a condom, not only to protect yourself, but if you've ever been diagnosed, you can help protect someone else as well. Um, but I mean, it's just not that serious. <laughs> like people come to us crying all the time about it. And that's because society has told them their whole lives that you're worthless and you're dirty and you're filthy and you're never gonna have sex again if you have this little red bump on your body that doesn't have any negative health effects. That <laughs> <laughs> drives me crazy. It's just like if someone, if you get a big pimple, all of a sudden you can never ha- have sex again. The same kind of argument. It's not really, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it's a little bit of a pain, and that's really it. So, but what there are some things that you can do to prevent outbreaks. So, if right. you have been exposed, and this is true for both oral herpes and for genital herpes, it doesn't matter where they're coming out. Um, there's a whole bunch of things that you can do to help reduce the total number of outbreaks. Um, so, herpes outbreaks are more likely to happen whenever you're stressed out or there's a lot of stress in your life. So, learning stress management techniques is a really useful way to start bringing them down. Things like you. Yeah. And we can talk about, oh, you're going to say yoga? I love it when you say yoga. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that stress, though, we can talk about stress in a lot of different ways. So there's emotional stress, but there's also physical stress on your body. So when uh, you are sick or um, if there's anything kind of emo- um, physically demanding that you've been going through, uh, these type of things actually uh, reduce your immune system's ability to respond as efficiently and can. And, uh, lead to outbreaks as well. Right. So mental stress, emotional stress, physical stress, not eating enough, not sleeping enough, not drinking enough water, drinking too much alcohol, abusing drugs, smoking cigarettes, all of those kind of things can make it more likely that you have an outbreak. Um, anything that really irritates your skin in those areas that causes, you know, other, uh, your, your body to have to heal or have inflammation can make it more likely for you to have an outbreak as well. Um, sun exposure without sunscreen. Um, so if you are naked sunbathing or if your face goes out in the sun having sunscreen, you should wear sunscreen every day anyway. Maybe not on your genitals, but on your face. Um, I mean, those are the sort of things that uh, most likely lead to uh, oral herpes or, or any of the herpes. To outbreaks, yeah. yeah. To, to outbreaks. Um, and they recur, right? So that's the other issue with herpes is that if you have one outbreak, you might have another outbreak, but it seems like the vast majority of people who have oral herpes or genital herpes over their lifetime, they might get one outbreak right at the beginning. And you typically, wherever you were infected, like if you're, like if your mouth, the left side of your mouth rubbed up against somebody who had some herpes, that's where you're gonna have your infection for the rest of your mouth, the, the, the rest of your mouth. The rest of your life, they're gonna be happening in the same spot. Um, but what we see happens for most people is over their life, they end up getting fewer and fewer outbreaks, fewer and fewer occurrences, and it gets less intense and less severe each time because your body gets better at fighting it off. And there's also a lot of medications that people can use too right. now. There's a lot of viral suppressors um, that you can take regularly. So if you are having a lot of outbreaks, you can uh, get a prescription for a viral suppressor. Um, or there's also over-the-counter just topical uh, treatments that you could use as well if you have an outbreak. Hey, Abriva, do you want to sponsor us? Abriva <laughs> is the one that you see everywhere. But it has an antiviral agent. You just put it on at the beginning. Now, 
Spring said something at the beginning of our episode that's important both for preventing transmission and for preventing um, or reducing severity and time of like how long you're going to have an outbreak. So uh, if you have been exposed to herpes before you have the, the visual outbreak, there's like a tingling, burning, itching sensation that happens. And it's going to happen in the in same area, area every time. And when you feel it, immediately run out and get some Abriva or get some of the, the antiviral pills that you can take. And instead of it being a fever blister or a cold sore in your mouth for weeks, it'll be out for just a few days and then it will go away. And also when you feel that sensation, that is the sign that you're about to have an outbreak. And that is also the sign that you are highly contagious during that time. So starting to recognize those signs in your body is very important yeah, for that prevention of spreading it to other people as well. Right. Um, let's see, what else? Uh, we should talk about, there are a few instances where herpes is serious, right? Uh, just a few times. Um, if you are immunocompromised, so let's say you've had an organ transplant or if you um, have HIV, then herpes can be uh, much more significantly dangerous to your health, but the true is the same is true for every single virus and bacteria out there, mm -hmm. right? So herpes isn't special in these cases. It's just that if you are immunocompromised, it's problematic. Um, and then the other time where it can be an issue is uh, if um, a woman or a trans man has an outbreak of herpes and they give uh, vaginal delivery, an infant can get herpes in their eyes. So right. neonatal herpes can be and quite dangerous. Can cause blindness, right? It, right. It can cause blindness. It can cause lifelong issues with the eyes. Fortunately, um, if that if the, there is an outbreak at the time, uh, a cesarean section can be performed and that prevents um, any of the chance of getting an infection inside of the eyes. Um, but those are the only times, the only times where it's serious at all. So if you're not immunocompromised and if you're not in the process of brewing a baby, HSV is just a little red dot somewhere on your body. Well, there's a lot of stigma that we have to work really hard to remove the stigma. So you can just come tell Spring and I, you can, you can come and cry to us. You can leave us a voicemail at our uh, 413-I-RAPID number, letting us know your feelings, and then we'll come back and we'll tell you, you know what? You're fine, you're okay, <laughs> you're still lovable, you can still have all the sex that you want, and let's just have a conversation about keeping yourself and other people safe. Do we hit out all of the stuff we talked about? Recurrence, we talked about treatment, we talked about prevention, we talked about shedding, we talked about we talked about pretty much all the aspects. We talked about how common it is. Yeah, I mean, the, the commonness of it, over 3.7 billion people have HSV-1, have, have oral herp. Over 3.7 billion, that's so many people. that It's actually more common in the United States for someone to have herpes than for someone to not have herpes. Mm -hmm. How in the world did we end up in this crazy place where we're stigmatizing this thing that the that majority of people have? <laughs> now, we're not saying you should run out and find someone with oral herpes or genital herpes and like try to catch it from them, right? Like we're, we're certainly not saying like try, but if it happens to you at some point in your life that you develop oral or genital herpes, you're fine. And I want to take that back to um, this idea of being clean or dirty because um, you said those terms a couple of times and, and what other people would say. Uh, so people would say, oh, but they looked clean or, oh, they didn't look dirty. Like those are kind of common things that people say. And um, those terms mean nothing really, right? And we shouldn't use terms like that because 
uh, we are actually further stigmatizing when we say things like that. And we know that that's not true. We know that um, having any type of infection doesn't mean you're clean or dirty. And like you can think about any um, virus that you have, like a cold virus, does not mean that you have done something wrong in your life and it doesn't mean that you're dirty in any way. And, and, and it's so common and we really want to get away from uh, using any languaging that is further stigmatizing. We want you to feel loved and we want you to enjoy your body, enjoy your life. And if you're choosing to have sex, enjoying the sex that you have. And stigma gets in the way of it. We've talked about it a whole bunch of our episodes that there's all of these big issues surrounding stigma of gender, stigma of sex, stigma of, I mean, just look through our episode list. It's all over the place. Um, so today, feel less stigma. I wish you could just be like, let's, un- I've had a magic wand, but like wave it. Yeah. Sounds like a sex joke about to start. I was going to say, like, if we had a condom that we could put over us to, like, bounce the stigma off, that'd be cool. <laughs> right? Do you want to invent that? Uh, I'm, I'm going to bring one of those for you to wear to the sexpo. So come see Spring in a giant <laughs> condom to push away the stigma. She's going to wear it all around Brooklyn. She's going to fit in just fine. I think this episode is coming out right after that. So luckily, uh, <laughs> that probably didn't happen, let's say. Uh, <laughs> so. Are we at our period? We're at our period. What's our period today? We're going to do jokes. I kind of want to tell two. I don't know if I can handle two, but two okay, dad we'll, jokes about herpes. Come on. Okay. Come give it, on. Give it to me. Okay. 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 First one. <clears throat> Why shouldn't you eat your girlfriend's peas? <gasps> oh, I know this one, but I'm not gonna break your punchline. Because they're Why herpes. Not? They're herpes. <laughs> oh. 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 I mean, um, I also really like this one. I think that this one. Uh, kind of goes towards normalizing a little bit. Uh, what's the difference between love and herpes? Herpes is forever? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's really funny. For most people, if you have herpes, it is not forever. Eventually your body handles it. But neither yeah. is love, so. <laughs> but I think that it's also, it's also normalizing when we're thinking yeah. about, like, it, it's a thing that people get and they have it and, like, over it. <laughs> mm. um, so if you want more information or if you want to share something with your friends, there's a great ap- episode of this show um, called Adam Ruins Everything. Um, we'll include a link in this episode so you can see it where he just goes in and he says the same kind of stuff that that we do about it's a little red dot and overall it's not hurting you or other people and we need to be getting away from the stigma. But um, it's a really fun episode. If you've never seen the show, it's actually really fun too. Hey, so um, Abriva, if you want to sponsor us, that's great. If Adam Ruins <laughs> everything wants to sponsor us we'd love to ruin things like stigma with you um but thanks for listening everybody we'd love to hear any of your questions or comments or feedback about this episode um we, you can email us uh, we're the sex at gmail.com we're uh we have a phone number it's 413 i wrap it and you can find us on instagram facebook and twitter at the sex we hope to hear from you soon thanks everyone just wrap us bye for everything that you were too afraid to ask at home too embarrassed to ask at school or just too af- Music for this episode provided by the ever-elusive and mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. The Podglomerate. A Sonic Universe.